Hello and welcome to the special anniversary episode of A Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And hey, happy anniversary, Sean. Happy anniversary to you too. Will you marry me? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I didn't want to marry you. <laughs> Even though, like... For, like, a long time, we were living together, and we were both, like, single, and it's, like... <laughs> basically, it, we were basically, like, an old couple. Yeah, like, you know, it's, like, if we end up in, like, a Jay Silent Bob situation, <laughs> you know, the whole hetero life mate thing, right. that wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, like, now I'm in a very satisfying long-term relationship, and... And I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Someday, I'm sure. So far, our special anniversary episode, we're doing something special, and uh, just ig- just ignore the fact that uh, it's a kind of a slow news week. For our special anniversary episode, we're doing something special for our anniversary. It's an episode <laughs> where something special is being done, especially for you, someone. I'm sorry, please continue, Daniel. Anyway, this is going to be a Q&A episode. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of our listeners, both old and new, uh, have sent us a bunch of questions, and we're going to answer them. But first... As always, a couple of corrections from the previous episode. Not as many as usual, actually. Just a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, the way to say welcome in Japanese in the context of, like, a, a shop welcoming someone into the shop uh-huh. is, uh, ir- irasaimase. That was a nice try. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that I know how to pronounce this, and I can't believe I didn't know this because... In the greatest Nintendo 64 game of all time, Mystical Ninja starring Gomon, whenever you go into a shop, there is a voice clip of the guy in the shop going, Irashimasu! Uh, Irashimasu. Irashimasu. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Irashimasu. Yeah. So that's how you say welcome. Cool. Also, we mentioned... Irashimasu to the podcast. <laughs> also, we talked about a hypothetical... Grass fire jack o' lantern pumpkin Pokemon. Right. A couple of of listeners have told us that there already is a jack o' lantern Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It's called Pumpkaboo. It evolves into Gorgeist. Right. Uh, and I did know about Pumpkaboo, but I ignored Pumpkaboo <laughs> because Pumpkaboo is grass ghost. Right. And we were really going more for the flaming pumpkin imagery, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and. And uh, Pokemon has used the same concept more than once on multiple occasions. Right. You know, there's there's several kinds of Pokemon that pretend to be Pokeballs. Uh-huh. There's several Pokemon based off of cats, several sure. Pokemon based off of dogs. And yeah, those are like different cats and different dogs. But still. But, yeah, but like... Like, for example, there's there's Love Disc, and then there's also Mola Momoa in Gen 5 or whatever. <laughs> right. Both kind of based off of the same fish in different ways. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think... I think there's room for two pumpkin Pokemon lines. Yeah, I, I think, like, as you start to approach a thousand Pokemon, and if you recall my prediction, <laughs> the next Pokemon game is that we're going to breach a thousand. So um, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going yeah, to Yep, yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. Um, <laughs> as you approach that incredible milestone, uh, you're bound to tread similar ground. So yeah. I don't think that the idea of like a flaming uh, jack-o'-lantern Pokemon is that outrageous. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, those are actually all of our corrections. We do uh-huh. have a little bit of news. 
Uh, first off, our last episode, we predicted Persona 5 R and that there would be a, an event sometime in March or, you know, that, that there would be an announcement sometime in March. And there was, uh, at the end of a episode of the Persona 5 anime, at the end of like an anime special called uh-huh. Dark Sun, they did a little Persona 5 R tease, literally like a 30 second teaser that just showed Shibuya right. with like a a girl in a ponytail talking mm-hmm. in Japanese about how she doesn't believe in the Phantom Thieves. Right. And then the words Persona 5, the Royal, and that there'd be more info on April 24th, which is the first day of the Persona Super Live concert. Mm-hmm. I got it right that we'd hear about it by the end of March. True. We did not get that name right. No. We also predicted that there'd be a bit more information than what we got. <laughs> right. Uh, but I think that the stuff we predicted, I'm just sliding all those predictions over to that April 24th yeah, event. That makes sense. Yeah. Also, really all we know is that Persona 5 The Royal is going to have uh, a girl in a school uniform with a ponytail in <laughs> right. it. And some people are arguing that, like, well, she says she doesn't believe in the Phantom Thieves, so she's not like, she's not like the female player character. Uh-huh. But uh, some eagle-eared listeners may remember. <laughs> some some might remember that there is a sequence in which Ren or Joker right is asked about the Phantom Thieves in the game's main narrative, and you have the choice to say that uh-huh. you don't believe in them. Okay. So I I think that this actually is going to be a female player playable oh, character. Interesting. Yeah, and that this might actually be a retread of the original story instead of instead of like a continuation like i was theorizing okay yeah i'm i'm down for that um i loved persona 3 portable a uh, big part of that was the fact that you could play as a female protagonist that had yeah. kind of an alternate you know kind of a retreading but like with differences kind of a story going on yeah and uh so i would love for that to be an experience that you can have in persona 5 i think that'd be really cool yeah i'd i'd be interested like i hope i i just hope that you can't date adults this time yeah oh yeah like and oh yeah don't let us date gunshot man yeah don't 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 let us date gunshot man Uh. and and uh, and this isn't even like uh, I'm I'm okay when a guy's dating adult women, and I'm not okay when the girl. I right. like I did not want I did not want the option to date adults in the original version <laughs> right, of Persona right. Five. I think I've complained about it on several podcasts at this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be rough if mm-hmm. that if that keeps happening. The 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 gun shop guy's son is a character. Okay, maybe, maybe make maybe make him more important and make it dateable right sure yeah also let me date at least one girl as a girl make yes m- make on takamaki bisexual yeah sure Why yeah not? like it works uh-huh. <laughs> uh i don't think anyone will complain that's a lie <laughs> i was gonna say yeah no one worth thinking about will complain let's put it uh, that way um one very interesting note about the whole persona 5 the royal announcement that pertains to the brothers that smash <laughs> uh, those two brothers <laughs> smash bros ultimate uh you know keeps getting data mined uh-huh. and people have been looking at the jack data mine right which a lot of us are assuming is the code name for joker right right we got jack we got brave and someone data mined 
a reference to a costume codenamed Jane. Hmm. And in fact, uh, there is a there's a file in the data mine called Jack Six underscore C zero six underscore V zero one underscore zero seven zero nine two five dot MB underscore Jane one underscore pony underscore hair <laughs> system shape two dot m chip <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> this is so dumb you know that song pony by genuine it was uh, in a bunch of memes uh i was like my pony yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like i i I don't want to sing the actual the lyrics pony, because they're not really podcast appropriate. But pony, no, like as you were reading that, pony, for fuck's sake, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry, go. Can I do my stupid joke? Yeah, I can do your Thank stupid you. pony joke. I just. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> I was like, oh, go on, go on, okay. do, do your thing. <laughs> as you were reading that, I was just thinking. MB Jane one pony <laughs> hair system shape two mm, chip. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's all. Has a little bit less impact since you did your shitty thing. <laughs> but that's fine. That's how this podcast be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, the, it's it's interesting that file was found before the royal reveal, right? And uh. And I'd say that this mysterious girl has what you would call pony underscore hair. <laughs> I would call it that. <laughs> Fuck, you know what? I've I've grown my hair out a little bit, and I put it in pony underscore hair every day. <laughs> you, you do. Yeah. All right, but now that we've... Whoa, whoa, there's, there's one more news item. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. What is it? <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, a... Speaking of Joker, mm-hmm. it looks like Best Buy accidentally leaked what Joker is going to look like in Smash Bros. Ah. Uh, like, they had an ad uh, that showed some Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee stuff, and then on the other side of the ad, it's like, get the get the DLC pack. Okay. Uh, it'll give you immediate, it'll give you access to Joker. And then it shows a render of Joker that we've never seen before. <laughs> uh, he looks great. Oh yeah, whole snazzy man. Yeah, right. That's that's Joker, all right. Yep. Yeah, that's a good render. Yeah, it's good. Very Joker. Yes. Very very suave and and uh, and debonair. Yes. Not quite as groundbreaking as if like they had leaked some gameplay footage or something. Right. You know, it's something. It is something, and you know, it definitely makes it feel like his. His arrival is imminent. Yes. That it's happening very soon. That's true. Some people are even hypothesizing that we would get him today, the day of recording, April 1st, because he's Joker and it's April Fool's Day. Uh But I didn't think that would happen, and it did not happen. And uh, as of this recording, it has precisely two and a half hours left before it can't happen Come on, guys, got a race. (laughs) Uh, but I, yeah, I do think that we're going to hear about him pretty soon. I even think that there's potential for that April Nintendo Direct we've been theorizing. Nice. And, uh, and that it'll get Shadow Drop there. So if, quote-unquote, Jane turns out to, in fact, 
be the alter ego of Joker. Do you think that the NPCs will also call her Joker, or will they have another cool name for her? I think the NPCs will also call her Joker. That's what I was thinking too. Like you get to you'd get to reuse so many lines that yeah. way. I I do wonder like the it's funny the, the fact that there's going to be a female character alt makes me wonder if our theory that we're going to get a a memento stage easter egg where you mash the taunt button uh... and they and they talk right because now like now you're going to have now either they're just going to be like really vague and gender neutral right. when they're talking about Joker and in regards to these other Smash characters, or they're gonna have they're gonna have to have versions where they call Joker he or she, uh-huh. right? <laughs> um, like you know, some say him and some say her. I asked Joker if Joker had ever seen Kirby before, and Joker said no. So I believe Joker. So it makes me wonder if that if they wouldn't bother bother with that Easter egg. All uh, right. That'd be a shame. Uh, that made me real sad. I think, I think that's just the perfect opportunity for that Easter egg. You manage to get like all the voice actors back just for that little teaser. Uh huh. Just keep them in the voice booth. Have them record <laughs> mementos lines, man. I agree. But anyway, yeah, I, this makes me feel like jo- Joker's coming sooner rather than later. Like, obviously they they've been saying April for a while, but I think there's a zero percent chance that he's gonna get pushed back. Okay. We are getting Joker this month. Nice. 100%. All right. His render's like right the fuck there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the smash that's the smash news. The smash such such as it is. <laughs> <laughs> so here here we is the the 1 year anniversary. March 19th, 2018 we started doing this podcast and showing it to everybody. If our podcast were a baby, it would have some hair, some teeth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some teeth. Yeah. yeah, Max Lando's baby oh. uh, is is uh, he's like roughly like six, seven, eight uh-huh. months, and he's he's starting to get two little like tooth shards. Oh, little tooth shards. Yeah, and and he's got the hair, the head of hair now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a very cute kid. <laughs> yeah, a- Amy was actually like looking at pictures recently, and she's like, you know what? Max's baby is the cutest baby I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> and I yeah, I'm I'm down for that assessment also. Yeah, he's a cute little guy. But yes, uh about a week prior, Super Smash Bros Ultimate was not called Super Smash Bros Ultimate yet, right. but it was like revealed at the end of a Nintendo Direct. Sean and I together mm-hmm. we're actually planning on starting a completely different podcast <laughs> right. but we had kind of a an escape clause where we were like if smash gets announced yeah we're dropping this idea and doing you know what came to be known as a smashing theory instead. yeah and and the week the week we we're going to film our other idea which i uh which was called vgabc's right every episode we were gonna uh talk about like a letter of the alphabet in relation to gaming like a is for arcades b right. is for battle toads that kind of thing C is for card Crash games. Crash Bandicoot. Not or Crash, card games. Yeah. We talk about card games. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking I, uh, us. I, I'm, um, Crash Bandicoot's fine. Crash Bandicoot's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, we were like, okay, cool. We've, we've got a list of letters we're going to do. I mean, you know, all the letters. We've got a list of games and stuff right. we're going to sign to each letter. We're going to record this Saturday. And then, like, that Wednesday, <laughs> they announced Smash Bros. And we looked at each other. And we were like, okay, you want to do this instead? And we were like, fuck yeah, we want to do this instead. <laughs> and we did it instead. And we did it instead. I think VGABCs would have been fun, but I think this was totally worth it. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 been great. Like all yeah. the feedback we've gotten, like all the all the people like predicting stuff with us. Uh-huh. Uh us maybe like we we've had a really interesting thing going where we keep getting we we keep almost getting a lot of stuff right, but then <laughs> ultimately not getting stuff right. Right, yeah. Like we keep like we keep like brushing the truth gently, but not like actually pointing <laughs> towards it. For example, we got really close to predicting Joker as a playable character. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, but we did not predict Joker as a playable character in the end. Uh, our track record has not been great. Out right. of like the 14, 15, 16 newcomers that have been announced so far, uh-huh. we've gotten one right. Woo! That being Ridley. Right. Uh, but first off, uh, this has been fun anyway. Yeah. And second off, maybe it's just like, uh, if you will recall, uh-huh. this podcast exists because I entered a contest to predict the roster of Super Smash Brothers 4. And for- he got second place. I did. I got second place. So I thought, clearly I'll do that good again. <laughs> Let's make a podcast. And this is how we've done. Right. Uh, this is actually just evidence that Daniel should never become a professional gambler because he'll win a hand and be like, this is what I should do for, for a living. A living? <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, it might be like a Star Trek movies thing uh-huh. where like the even numbered ones are good and the odd numbered <laughs> ones are bad. I see. So, you know, Smash Bros. 5, my predictions have been bad. Uh-huh. When we do this for Smash Bros. 6 right. in like 2023... Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make bank, man. You'll just be like, "All right, man. Guess what? The entire cast of WarioWare is getting added to this game. That it'll be true." I, I'd love that. I know. Just, just all cards on the table. I'd fucking love that. I would main Mona and throw I, pizzas around. Oh God, my nine volt would drive you crazy. <laughs> oh, unless he was full of pizza and couldn't move, and then he died. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like his first nerf you know like he's really overpowered at first and then like new patch notes come up and it's like nine volt starts the match filled with pizza nine volt's been eating too much pizza <laughs> <laughs> now he sucks anyway thanks to everyone that's been with us since the beginning in March yes. 2018, and everyone that joined us in this episode or the episode previous. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a really wild ride, and it's been really fun to have you all along. This uh, podcast would not be the same without, you know, the RPM triangle memes and Torch <laughs> Cow and uh, everything else. Uh, so so thank you to our fans. God, uh, the RPM triangle memes. Yeah, good, so good job, everybody. Great. <laughs> But yeah, um, you know, you you guys uh, make uh, this podcast really special for me, and I appreciate that. Likewise. And case in point, we have a bunch of questions from all of you. Yeah. And we're going to open them up now. So first... That was me opening them up. <laughs> thank you. Yep. So this one seems like a good, a good way to start. Okay. Ryan Zepp on Twitter asks... I will get the cliches out of the way. All right. Favorite game of all time, favorite console of all time, favorite character of all time, and all time of all time. <laughs> okay. You want to start with your favorite game of all time? Yeah, favorite game of all time. I actually uh, I actually answered this question already pretty recently <laughs> right. uh, for an episode of Beat Boop Soup, our Patreon-exclusive podcast where we 
generally answer prompts from our listeners. Right. Uh, someone as an ingredient, aka a prompt for mm-hmm. our soup, uh, suggested our favorite Nintendo game, and my favorite Nintendo game is my favorite game of all time. Right. And that is Chibi Robo for the Nintendo GameCube. Yes. Anyone I... who knows Daniel well <laughs> knows of his chibi obsession. And I don't mean obsession with like chibi characters in general. I mean Chibi Robo in particular. Yeah, Chibi Robo specifically. It's funny. I haven't had a lot of opportunities to talk about Chibi Robo on the podcast until very <laughs> That's recently. That's true. But yeah, I love Chibi Robo so much. It's such a wacky, quirky little game. And I recently spent about 20 minutes talking about it, so this one will be a bit shorter, but basically, like, it's this game for the GameCube, your little cleaning robot, and initially the gameplay is just, like, you walking around like a human household, but you're, like, the size of a quarter, and you're, like, cleaning up their trash and, and scrubbing stains off the floor with a toothbrush, and then the game just, like expands in a way that you'd never expect and it it uh it's just such a wild unique experience and it just got its hooks into me and charmed me endlessly and i love (laughs) it to death i love it so dearly it's one of the best things ever it's a trip there's a lot of really interesting stuff that happens in that game and i think that uh you know I think it's entirely possible to enjoy it, even if you already know a lot of things about it. But I also think that it's a game where going in blind, you know, yeah. is a really, uh, it's like one of the treasures of gaming. Like to, just ex- <laughs> yeah. to just get into that game and to explore it, not knowing a thing about it, except for what Daniel has said, you know, it'll really surprise you. Yeah, I love it. Oh, man, I love it so much. What's your favorite video game of all the time? Well. Oh, wait, I know the answer to this. You do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, as Daniel said, we recently discussed uh, our favorite Nintendo games on Beep Boop Soup. However, my favorite Nintendo game is not my favorite video game of all time. It's not. My... <laughs> Why do you sound so defeated, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> how could, you, Maybe how because... could you possibly be sick of hearing me talk about this game? I never talk about it. <laughs> my, my favorite video game of all We've time. We've known each other for 15 years. <laughs> And you've been talking about this game for most of those years. It hasn't been out for all of those years. <laughs> That's why I said most. <laughs> My favorite video game of all time is Tactics <laughs> Ogre. Tactics Ogre, let us cling together for the PSP. PSP. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> Come on, I didn't, I didn't go like, it's Chippy Robot. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I'm being unfair. Go on about this Tactics Ogre game I've never this heard of. This Tactics Ogre game. <laughs> You're being a ridiculous dumbass. <laughs> uh, Tactics Ogre is a turn-based strategy RPG for the PSP, mm-hmm. and I really principally like it because there's just a tremendous amount of really excellent and well-executed content that's jam-packed into the game. There's like three story paths that you can take um, with kind of lots of alternate, like different characters that you can unlock, different items that you can get, different missions that you do. Yeah. Um, and then there's the system they have in there called Chariot Tarot, because it's all kind of based around tarot cards. Right. That allows you to essentially rewind to certain flashpoints within the story and make different decisions that can kind of affect the outcome of your campaign. Uh, there's a ton of post game content. And then I also just think that there's a lot of really great quality of life things that 
a lot of turn-based strategy games even now don't do. Yeah. In particular, you can rewind up to 50 turns oh, during yeah. a fight. Yeah, that's a Which real is good just feature. incredible. Yeah. 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 Like, you... Because there's so many, like... If you're as big a fan of turn-based strategy games as I am, then you know that feeling of being, like, 30 turns deep into a Fire Emblem campaign and you fuck up once. You're like, oh, I gotta start over! Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's it's very cool to be able to kind of rewind and go, like, okay, now I see what I did wrong. Let's try this. Yeah. And yet the game is still challenging enough that you can still be in a situation where, with that power, you're like, god, I fucked up so badly <laughs> that I cannot recover from what I've done. Right. And, uh, anyway... I, I could talk about this game for days. He, he has. <laughs> the last thing I'm going to say is that the translation was done by Alexander O. Smith. And if you've played any of his games, um, then you know he's going to do an incredible job. Like he did uh, the translation for the re-release of Final Fantasy Tactics for the PSP. Yeah. Um, he did the translation for... Uh, what's that other game where you play as Ashley Riot and you are like uh, running around in some tunnels? And oh, Vagrant things. Story. Vagrant Story. Yeah, he did the yeah. translation for Vagrant Story. Um, he's just great, and it's very kind of like pseudo Shakespearean and Machiavellian, and very cool. Alexandro Smith is also just really good at translating all kinds of projects. That's true. He is the trans. He his translation company was the company that did. The localization of 428 Shibuya Scramble. Superb. One of my favorite games of 2018. Yeah. And nobody's played it. If you <laughs> like visual novel games like Phoenix Wright or Danganronpa, mm-hmm. and you want to play something fucking weird, <laughs> play 428 Shibuya Scramble. It's a very cool game. Tactics Ogre is also a very cool game. Uh, if you happen to have a PSP, I suggest picking it up. If you've already played it, you're my favorite person on planet earth <laughs> that's all yeah it's it's good it, it is a good game i i like i've tried more than once to like get into it and it's just a it's a big investment yes, like time wise uh but it's it's really solid and it's got a lot of really excellent stuff going on thank you and stuff that Stuff that Tactics RPGs hadn't done up to that point. Yeah. And stuff that Tactics RPGs still haven't done after. <laughs> it's it's wild. Uh, it's it's like it remains ahead of its time in some ways. Yeah. But also it it is very slow sometimes. But if yeah. you're in the mood for a slow game, that's the game to, to pick. It's definitely slow to start, but I think it's an investment that pays off in dividends if that's the kind of game that you enjoy. And it's also like a deliberate slowness. It's yes. me- it's methodical. Yes. It's it's a game that wants you to like take time and think about it. Yeah. Um so so yeah, worth it. Yeah. Uh favorite console of all time. I'm I'm guessing you really want to include handhelds in this, um, right? We, no, we don't have to. I've got hmm. an answer if we don't. Okay. Yeah, my my answers would definitely be different if you were counting handhelds as console. I guess let's just answer for both. Okay. Uh, my favorite console console is probably the Nintendo GameCube. Yeah. I think it's a really underrated console with just some excellent standout experiences. That's fair. That's good. If we're including handhelds, uh, probably the 3DS. Yeah. Uh, because a the 3DS is a great system, but also the 3DS can play the DS library. <laughs> And the DS library is one of my favorite libraries in video games. It's it's superb. Jump Ultimate Stars. Yeah. Uh, some of the best Pokemon games to date. Mm. I'm thinking of Heart Gold specifically. <laughs> okay, that's, don't, yeah, that's fair. Don't whine about Diamond and Pearl again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I I feel like by the end of its lifespan, the Switch is actually probably just gonna take that. Okay, is I just gonna that. be my favorite console. You know, like I I feel like there's a bit of recency bias, like in saying that it's my favorite console right now. Sure, but I think it has a potential to be my favorite console, like in in at least kind of a lasting short term. Okay, like when uh when it's all done, I could see it. What about what about you? Uh, so if we are including handhelds, obviously the PSP. Obviously, a it's got Tactics Ogre on it. <laughs> B, um, it also was the beginning of my love of the Monster Hunter franchise. True, the first Monster Hunter game that I seriously played because at my friend Tommy's house, I did play the original for like five seconds and got the shit beaten out of me by a cut coup. Right. Um, you know. That the first Monster Hunter game that I really invested myself in was Monster Hunter Freedom Two, which was for the PSP. Right, and really the PSP in general has got just like that's another like underrated platform with a yeah. lot of great stuff on there. That was going to be my third point is that like yeah. there's just a lot of cool quirky stuff on there that didn't come out for anything else, like the Metal Gear Acid games. Yeah, are I was going to say Metal Gear Acid, yeah. And Those like Metal like it's Metal Gear, but with like a card game battle system. Yeah, it's it's basically just. A turn-based Metal Gear strategy game with a deck-building mechanic. Yeah, that's like, so rad. W- nothing is more my jam <laughs> yeah, than right. those combined ideas. <laughs> yeah, true. It's such a cool... Particularly the second one, because I think the first one is almost like a proof of concept, and then the second one's like, okay, now we understand what we're doing. You know, right. We're going to make this game again. But yeah, it's got that. It's got Hex's Force. That was the first console that... Um, I played, uh, got a lot of really great quirky RPGs on. Jean d'Arc is on there. That's uh-huh. a great game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of really great stuff on that system. Uh, and really, you know, one of the kind of forgotten treasures of modern gaming, I think. The PSP library is just stellar. Yeah. Uh, if we are excluding handhelds, I thought about this for a while because initially I was thinking there's no way Daniel's going to include handhelds, so I have to think of something other than the PSP. Right, that's that's fair. <laughs> I can be a little literal from time to time. Well, I mean, you know, I don't I don't blame you. I mean, <laughs> if you said like who's your favorite basketball team and then I said the YMCA team that I played on in the fifth grade. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> yeah. My favorite, technically. Yeah. Does it count? No. Uh, <laughs> See, I thought about this for a while because I've, you know, uh, pretty much every console I've owned, I've liked for different reasons. Yeah, same. But I think the one that I just kept coming back to is actually the Nintendo 64. So many of my fondest and most formative gaming experiences happened on that console. Like, so many games that I think are really important and that really stuck in my memory of course, Mystical Ninja Star and Gomon is on there, uh-huh. but so is Majora's Mask, so is Diddy Kong Racing, so is Mischief Makers, and even, like, shitty things that I like anyway, like Quest 64 is on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Hybrid Heaven is on there. Um, and then, of course, obviously, you have, like, Super Mario 64 is yeah. on there. Classics. Like, yeah, it's this incredible combination of, like, Gaming juggernauts that cemented Nintendo's future, you know, as in a 3D, video games yeah. company in 3D. 
And then also just these really great kind of experimental, like, whoa, we could do 3D graphics for the first time, like, kind of games. Yeah, yeah. All crammed into this wacky little package with the weirdest controller that anyone has ever had to use. <laughs> God, that controller was weird. It really was. Yeah. Um, fuck, man. Like, just even as I'm thinking about it, like, Jet Force Gemini was on there. Um, yeah. <laughs> God, just, like, so many... So many experiences in gaming that, like, some of them are good, some of them are not so good, but all of them are something that you just, you know, so many of them, I should say, are something that you just can't have on any other console. Yeah. So that would be my answer. Nintendo 64 is my favorite console of all time. Nice. Good answer. Thank you. Favorite character of all time? That's so broad that that's really tough. Yeah, I mean, like. If we're talking about video game characters, I would have one answer. If we're talking about characters altogether, I'd have another answer. Yeah. Uh, I guess we could just do both again. Yeah, sure. Um, my, God, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot, a lot of these that are bouncing all over the place for me. I guess my gut reaction for uh-huh. my, my favorite video game character of all time uh, might be Chie Sadanaka from Persona 4. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, just her, like, just an iconic everything, you know? Yeah. I love her aesthetic. I love her spunk. Uh, like, she just, she's just got an arc that really makes you feel for her mm-hmm. in Persona. And, uh, and yeah, but she's, she's great. She's hilarious. Chie is really great. And I'm, whenever I experience Chie in any medium, I'm very much reminded of, uh, my girlfriend. Uh, so <laughs> that's fair. So yeah, that that kind of enhances it. Um, yeah, and in like across all media, I don't know. That's so tough. Um, I my gut reaction there, um, and I don't know if this is this is my all time top, but he's definitely in my top five, and that's General Iroh from Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's a good one. Yeah, he's he he's just great. You know, he's just like. He's got a great archetype, right? Just kind of the this goofy, unassuming old man character that could actually just annihilate anyone else <laughs> in the cast. Uh-huh. But even though he could annihilate anyone else in the cast, he chooses to love instead of annihilate. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, he's just the coolest goddamn character. And uh and generally if I'm crying during Avatar The Last Airbender, <laughs> it's Iroh's fault about 80% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Also on the short list would probably be a lost character, but I'm not sure which one. Okay. John John Locke is a really compelling character. That's true. Not always, not, always, not always a person that I like, but a <laughs> great and compelling character. Mm-hmm. I get you there. Um, yeah, what are your answers? Uh, so it's... It's very difficult for me to think of a number one video game character. Uh, not for want of characters, but just because there's so many that I love for so many different reasons. Yeah. That it's almost hard to make a comparison. So I'm just going to go with the one that I'm thinking of right now, which is Barry Burton from Resident Evil. Wow. Yeah. I could have sworn you were actually going to pick Labyrinth from Persona 4 Arena. I love Labyrinth. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Barry is... He's my favorite part of one of my favorite games of all time, because among the other franchises that I like, I'm also a big Resident Evil fan. And uh, he just feels like such kind of a port in a storm throughout that game 
because you're like running around, you're dealing with these incredibly stressful situations, you're fighting off zombies, you know, and solving time sensitive puzzles. And then every now and again, you run into Barry and he says that if he hadn't saved you a second ago, you would have fit nicely into a sandwich. Or he gives, <laughs> oh, he's, he's the, he's Jill the sandwich, sandwich guy. guy? Yeah. Oh, wow. Or, uh, you know, he gives you some grenades and he's like, yeah, go blow some zombie heads off. Like, <laughs> just every time you see him, it's like, oh, Barry. Uh, <laughs> and then they kind of flip the script on you and it turns out that he has kind of a very upsetting backstory that you uh, discover as you progress through the game. Yeah. Um, and just altogether, I think that he is... You know, it's funny that he is kind of known for being the Jill sandwich guy, uh-huh. because there's an extent to which I think that he's the best written character in the Resident Evil 1 remake. Huh. Um, just a very cool arc, and then unfortunately you barely see him again for the entire rest of the franchise. But uh-huh. I think that just altogether, he'll always there will always be a very a special place in my heart for Barry. Uh, he's, a, he's a cool guy, and uh, I... I uh, have a lot of appreciation for him. So, nice. yeah, Barry Burton's best video game character, best character across all media was really easy for me. It's Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a good one. Yeah. And I thought you were going to say Jack Bauer from 24. I like him a lot. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, and I, I should just to clarify, you know, however you were initially exposed to Sherlock Holmes is completely fine with me. <laughs> I love the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes films. Uh-huh. Um, I really like the Sherlock TV series with Benedict Cumberbatch. Up to like a certain point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I should say, you know, there, there are parts of it I like and parts of it I don't. I think Moriarty really sucks on that show, for instance. <laughs> but there's the great episode where Sherlock gets drunk at John Watson's wedding and can't solve crimes. And that's really funny. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good actually yeah. yeah uh yeah it's great but uh anyway uh for for me when i think of sherlock holmes i think of the original original literary incarnation you know uh as written by arthur conan doyle which is how i was introduced to the character and uh yeah just you know what a really great iconic character in a great franchise um audible.com has the complete works of Sherlock Holmes as read by Stephen Fry. Oh, that's real good. And he, like, writes a foreword in advance of each collection of stories. <laughs> he is actually, um, he's a member of, like, a Sherlock Holmes literary club, <laughs> and he just loves those books. Uh, if you've never been exposed to the original fiction before, can't recommend checking that collection out enough. Hmm. Uh, really, really great a really fascinating character um, with a lot of, you know, kind of really great and rich history and a lot of really fun stories. If you want to kind of one and done it just to get an idea of what those stories are like, um, I would recommend just checking out The Hound of the Baskervilles. It's a great kind of mm. full length Sherlock Holmes book. But if you, you know, if you want to really immerse yourself, then just start from the beginning and just go. I think it's a really great, you know literary experience to have okay nice all right all time of all time robin Woo! williams yeah that's a fair that's a good one yeah robin williams i'm gonna go with steve Irwin. Ooh, oh yeah good yep yeah that's good all right <laughs> thank you ryan for that one mail <laughs> yeah that we answered over the course of half an hour <laughs> yeah this will this will be good oh also we forgot that Ryan Zepp said at the end here, 
will there be any Sean toast at the next show? <laughs> this is my first mailbag question. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ryan. Uh, good questions. Yeah. Thanks for reminding us that there was that Sean toast thing. Yeah. In that previous episode. That was funny. I'm glad you thought that was funny. Yeah. I'm glad when anyone thinks anything that I say, well, not anything that I say is funny. <laughs> I mean, if if I if I had to be like, guys, I have a horrible disease and I'm going to die in two months. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that, yeah, that would not be good. Fair, but yeah, thank you, Ryan. Yes, thank you. Next up, mail from a long time contributor, James M. Ah, uh, Mr. McLeod, <laughs> racing back into our hearts yet again. James M. says, "Hey guys, it has been a while." But since you asked for listener questions for the next episode, I thought I would send some prediction challenges your way. These are based on recent news and rumors. Okay. One, there are indications that Professor Layton games are coming to Switch in the West. Likelihood of Layton as Smash DLC. (laughs) Two, same question, but now with Shantae. Okay. Three, in general, do you guys predict additional Smash DLC fighters to the five that are announced? Thanks, James M. Thank you, James M., for giving us a packed schedule for the next period of time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks, James. Uh, Good questions. So first, do we think that Professor Layden has any kind of likelihood for Smash DLC? Uh, I want to say no, not really. No, Um, I I think that his chance was maybe being an assist trophy when the game launched and that ship has sailed. Yeah, I, I think his best chance now is... A me brawler costume. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I I think that's where that stops. Like, yeah. I think Phoenix Wright is more likely than him, mm-hmm. and I don't think Phoenix Wright is getting in, and we're certainly not getting both of them. As <laughs> right. fun as that would be. Yes, I agree. Shantae, I think definitely not. No, yeah, that's that's definitely a case of like if Shovel Knight couldn't get in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, not feeling Shantae. Plus, she was a spirit. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I get people saying that spirits aren't deconfirmations. Right. That people could change their minds mm-hmm. um, about a spirit being playable. Um, but, but I, I oh. think that if you were assigning, like, likelihood point values to the idea of whether a spirit makes a character more or less likely, it would be a negative value and not a positive. Yeah, I Even agree with that. Even if it was a small negative value. Yeah, I agree with that. And either way, I don't think Shantae is where they're going to change their minds. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, I uh, I could see some kind of me costume for Shantae, maybe, mm-hmm. but uh, but ultimately, yeah, um, I don't think she's she's gonna be playable. Same, honestly, I think if you're gonna see Shantae like playable in any fighting game, it's going to be something that isn't Smash, but uh-huh. maybe something that plays like Smash. Sure, like how Rivals of Ether got playable Shovel Knight, <laughs> uh Brawlout got playable Ukulele. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I could see her being in Brawlout or sure. or in Blade Strangers or something. I right. think I think Blade Strangers getting DLC, I think that ship has probably sailed back <laughs> actually. But like, yeah, I actually wouldn't be surprised if she was a guest character in some other fighting game, uh-huh. one that focused more on like indie characters. Yeah. Uh, within the next two years, but not Smash. Okay, I think that's, yeah, I, I agree. Do we predict additional Smash DLC fighters to the five that are announced? To Like, after DL, after the DLC packs, do we think there will be more DLC packs? Do we think we'll get, like, a Season 2 
or even like maybe uh and here's one more so obviously um this is a prediction podcast and i'm either going to say a yes or a no at the end of this however i do think that the degree to which we will we are likely to get an additional dlc pack depends entirely on how well the first dlc pack does yeah and well yeah how well like this first season pass does overall yeah yeah. and and yeah i think that's what i meant yeah I, i think it is worth noting that uh that in these data mines in addition to the placeholder character slots for the DLC packs we know about that are that were found in a in a data mine of the game, mm-hmm. an additional ten slots uh, uh, were found immediately, and then like, and then there's like a, another twenty reserve slots on top of that or something. Okay, uh, and I think this is basically just just Nintendo future proofing the game. Sure. The thing I ultimately think, basically, what you're saying too, Sean, is that. I don't think Nintendo has even made that decision yet. Right, exactly. Uh, I I think they're waiting. I think they're waiting before they commit to more DLC packs. But I do think that they haven't landed on a no yet. Right. I think there's a possibility. Um, but the possibility lies on what the reception is to this first season pass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and whether Sakurai still has his arms at the end of this. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. Uh, at the end of this first batch of DLC characters. <laughs> Hello everyone, Masahiro Sakurai here. I have good news. I now have four robot arms. <laughs> I will be twice as productive. And also, I and my robot arms will be a new DLC character. In Mortal in- Kombat. <laughs> and season two of Smash Ultimate. <laughs> he just replaces Goro. <laughs> yes, I'm, exactly. I'm Goro Sakurai. <laughs> uh, that's horrifying. <laughs> I guess my prediction is I'm leaning more towards there will be more DLC. Okay. After these five. But maybe maybe the next amount will be smaller. Maybe they maybe there won't be a season pass. Maybe they'll just be they'll just release characters kind of piecemeal after right. that. Whatever pace they like. On the other hand, Nintendo has been very clear about when support for something is ending. Mm-hmm. You know? Like they're like, yeah, Mario Tennis Ace is getting DLC till June twenty nineteen right. and then we're done arms is stopping right now you know like uh if they make an exception for anything it's gonna be smash bros yeah but i I do think that the reception to these to these dlc packs is going to have to be exceptional for nintendo to keep going with smash ultimate after that i i agree uh with that point and it is uh precisely because of that that i'm predicting that we will not get additional dlc i think that's fair yeah uh, the, th- the thing is, like, I think Smash is just going to do crazy numbers for its whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that's going to include with DLC. Like, I do think it's going to have to be exceptional with a capital E to get more than what we've already been told. Yeah. But I think it its DLC performance might actually end up being exceptional with a capital E. Yeah. Like, so, I'm, I'm not, to be clear, I'm not discounting the idea, yeah. you know, I would love it if there was more DLC both for the health of our podcast and because I would think it would be really fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling the no on that one. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm going to land on the exact opposite side as you. Okay. Like kind of like from the, like the same distance in the opposite side too, because <laughs> I think, I think it's a hundred percent possible. February, 2020, we get character five 
and Smash Ultimate is done. Right. They they close the book and we just enjoy this very big fucking game. <laughs> yeah. I think that's more than possible. I think that's the most reasonable solution to draw. Okay. Um but I'm I'm deciding to be unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> to to make a leap of faith in the more optimistic direction because I do think that's also a plausible way this could go. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, James M, for all those questions. They're really good. Yes. All right. We we got a lot of we got a lot more questions to go. Yeah. All right. So I uh, a, a few of these will be shorter than than others. Some of these will be much quicker answers. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> uh, here's here's Rafik. Yes, Rafik. Rafik says. So, I just wanted to reiterate, Cuphead, Curveball, 65% chance. Let's go! I mean, I'm talking to me, Gunnerskin, at least? Thank you, Rafiq. Thank you, Rafiq. Uh, I think in a previous episode, Rafiq did bring up the possibility of Cuphead as DLC. Right. And now that Cuphead has been announced as a Switch game uh-huh. coming out later this month, uh, he's clearly bringing this back up and yeah. thinking that it's... That it's more likely that Cuphead will be playable. Maybe like incrementally, you know? <laughs> like I could see maybe like a 0.5% chance increase from <laughs> 0%. Yeah. Uh, first off, like, you know, I think they probably did make this deal with Microsoft before they finalized their DLC plans. I'll, I'll say that at least. I, okay, bet, they, I yeah. bet they figured this out last year. But I don't think Cuphead's going to be DLC. What I do think. You're really onto something with Rafiq. Is that me gunner skin idea? Yes, that's a great idea. Yeah, a and cup, one I could see them going for. Yeah, a Cuphead costume for the me gunner. I I almost want to just lock that in. I think that's I think that's a great idea because let's let's be real. We're we're like guaranteed a Microsoft character <laughs> right. as a DLC pack, and when we get that Microsoft character, there's going to be Microsoft themed uh-huh. DLC like costumes yes that is true and cuphead is perfect cuphead is perfect as one of them i think you are right rafiq 90 percent chance of cuphead me costume three <laughs> percent chance of playable cuphead otherwise yeah sounds about right yeah that's this we're going with thank you rafiq thank you rafiq one of our most faithful listeners and contributors mitch e yes mitchland erlington not his name. Of the Down Under. <laughs> Brings in many questions for us. All right, let's do here's, a lightning round. Here's, <laughs> I don't think we're doing a Here, <laughs> uh, let me just read, read this. Okay. I have a lot of questions, so I'm just going to put them all there, but you don't have to answer any of them, or even just one or something. Just pick one or none, or more, if you want. <laughs> <clears throat> Favorite anime? Favorite Nintendo Switch game, exclusive or not? Funny childhood stories. Favorite food? Favorite season of the year and why? Favorite console handheld? Near-death experiences? Favorite manga? <laughs> Worst video game? Game with the highest playtime? That's, that's, that's the list. So, even a lightning round, because I know us, is going uh, to run really long. Well, so how, I, about, how about this? 
We each pick two questions and answer four altogether. That's exactly what I was going okay, to put forward. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. So how about you You pick your first question? Okay, let me look at these again. Let me, yeah. let me pull it up here. What's funny about me answering my first question is that I really wasn't into anime throughout my entire <laughs> like childhood and adolescence. Sure. I actually didn't get into anime until college, uh, when I was feeling homesick, and the only way that I could find comfort was by binge-watching Azumanga Daio, <laughs> uh, which is not my favorite anime, although I do like it a lot. Right. Uh, it did, however, engender in me a love of what's called slice-of-life anime. Oh, boy. Which is just kind of like the wacky happenings of a group of people as they live their daily life. Yeah. Um, he like, does He does love that. I do. Like, Azumanga Daio is a slice-of-life anime. Uh, the Devil is a Part-Timer is kind of like a really wacky example of that genre. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know. Uh, Devil is a Part-Timer is great. Yeah. There's just a lot of really cool Slice of Life shows. My favorite and one that I discovered relatively recently is called Laid Back Camp. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, this this barely beat out Kill La Kill, which is not a Slice of Life anime. But it is one that I like a lot, even though it has many flaws that I don't want to get into on this podcast. <laughs> Fair. Uh, as my favorite anime, because of the effect that it has on my soul. <laughs> like this, <laughs> like Laidback Camp is a, it's an anime about a group of girls who are part of the sort of like camping club at their school. And they talk about camping together. They like buy camping supplies. They try just like camping in their yard at school uh-huh. and then they finally all start kind of like going on camping trips together and never never ever ever in my entire life have i experienced anything in any form of media like not books not comics not movies not music not tv shows nothing causes all of my anxieties and fears and whatever i'm dealing with to just melt away like fucking butter under a ray gun (laughs) like laid back camp does it is the most soothing most relaxing most charming anime that i've ever experienced in my life if you're ever coming off of like a really hard day and you need a way to relax and unwind boy i can't recommend watching that show (laughs) enough uh it's just Really, really great, and if your sensibilities about enjoying, you know, media, and particularly anime or anything like mine, you'll fall in love with it in, like, two fucking seconds. It really is a, an incredibly chill, just super cute anime with a lot of, like, great stuff going on. Sean basically, like, tied me and Amy to the couch <laughs> and made us watch the entire series to date. And it is just really good, and it makes you want to go camping. Yeah, we actually like. Right. I, yeah, we actually like idly started like talking potential camping uh-huh. plans like shortly after we watched it. Which we is, never we never revisited those the, because we hate leaving the house. I was gonna say that's especially funny because I was a Cub Scout and I hated every camping trip we went on, <laughs> and then I was like, "Let's go camping" because I watched an anime. Yeah, <laughs> there there have been like news stories in Japan about how like veteran campers are really annoyed because like right. all these all these new like weeaboo campers have started surfacing at these camping sites because they watched laid back camp yeah and and wanted to go camping 
and so like all these like camping purists are like they're ruining it (laughs) (laughs) if you want it'll have that effect on you too listener (laughs) crash a campsite piss somebody off who loves the environment (laughs) All, all things are possible with laid back camp yeah laid back camp is really good and god all the food on that yes. anime looks fucking delicious yeah my <laughs> my favorite anime is my hero academia i yeah, think that's yeah fair. like i've always enjoyed the shonen genre uh-huh. of anime and manga uh one of my favorite mangas of all time is hunter hunter right or hunter x hunter if you're my girlfriend and you get mad at me whenever i say hunter hunter uh, or Hunter Stick Stick Hunter, if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. The worst way to say it. <laughs> I say it all the time. <laughs> you always hear me going, oh man, how you, uh, what, what's happening in the world of Hunter Stick Stick Hunter these days? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, because the manga cut is perpetually on hiatus. Uh, and also, that's not a real manga. Hunter Nothing, because what you just said is bullshit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh my my hero academia just has so much that i love like it has so many anime things that i just absolutely like adore and love like it subverts a lot of anime tropes in really Mm -hmm. cool ways it's it's got just a great high concept which is basically like let's do western comic book superheroes (laughs) but but make it anime right let's anime eyes like the western superhero thing let's let's take superman and make his entire aesthetic even more stereotypically american (laughs) and call him all might (laughs) let's uh let's just take the the naruto luffy trope of of shonen protagonists and invert it instead of being like a fucking idiot who like (laughs) who like wins everyone over with like the power of hope and yelling uh let's let's have the protagonist be like a scrawny really intelligent kid with horrible (laughs) self-esteem who just wants to help people Uh and uh like deku is one of the best protagonists in anime he's great uh and all might is also the best and like the cast is really good you know, like there's a lot of great character designs and a lot of great character arcs. Sometimes you've seen the arcs before. Sometimes you have a character that's literally just Zuko from Avatar: The Last <laughs> Airbender backstory and everything, right? <laughs> uh, but also, I think just more things should steal Zuko's backstory because it's right. really good. Like I think that even when My Hero Academia is treading old ground, it tends to tread it quite well. Yeah. It either treads familiar ground, but in kind of an interesting new way that adds a cool new wrinkle to it, mm-hmm. or it's almost exactly the same, but the execution is so good that you can't really hate. <laughs> right. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know, man, just, like, it's just so good at having these triumphant emotional moments, and the world building's so great, mm-hmm. and there's so many great character designs, and they're so, like... It's just one of the best executions of the shonen genre I've seen in my two decades <laughs> of looking at shonen manga. Right. You know, like it really takes like the best parts of Dragon Ball and Naruto and yeah. and One Piece and just like 
and and makes it into a much better experience. And one thing I love about the anime is it's pacing itself perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like it waited for the manga to to have been out for a little while before it started adapting it. Right. And then instead of just running indefinitely, it takes breaks. <laughs> <laughs> it stops for six months uh-huh. or nine months and lets the manga like get Breathe more a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. gets lets the manga like catch up and get ahead of it more before it starts adapting more so that way every other episode isn't a fucking filler episode yeah. uh, and uh there will be a maximum of like two filler episodes per season right i i'm watching through naruto right now and <laughs> if you couldn't tell <laughs> and Nar- naruto is great i actually like naruto a lot but the filler is a problem sometimes and the filler is a problem because the anime caught up to the manga and instead of stopping it just (laughs) it just does filler episodes while it's waiting for the manga to to catch back up right and that's that's a bad way to keep your franchise alive it sure is uh yeah it's really unfortunate but yeah my academy is great the the one negative thing i'll say about it is that the manga author thinks he's fucking slick by attributing all of the gross fan service just shitty anime tropes to a single character (laughs) this tiny short ass purple boy named Mineta. yeah uh and you know thinking that like oh if you don't like it then you'll just be mad at this character and like the rest of my my stuff (laughs) uh no, I'm mad at that character, but I'm also mad at you because you're still putting this garbage. Right. Like, this th- this person is fictional, you know? Like, mm-hmm. also, s- side tangent, as a guy that likes cosplaying short characters, uh-huh. I hate that all short characters <laughs> in anime are fuckboys. All of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you got Teruteru and Dengenrapa, uh-huh. you, you got fucking Mineta, and, uh... And Krillin isn't a fuckboy, but he started as one. He's only not one now because he had character development. Ah, I see. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the fucking fucking cut that out. Remove <laughs> remove Mineta. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I like My Hero Academia a lot. All right, that's one question. Okay. Three to go. You pick one. All right, I will pick one. Near-death experiences. Oh, wow. Uh because I don't think I've ever brought this up in any of our podcasts. Uh, one time, when I was a 20-year-old in New Orleans, <laughs> uh, I was... Uh, I almost fell down the third story of an abandoned factory building. <laughs> uh, like, there were a you, lot of... You were doing, like, some kind of urban exploring thing, right? <laughs> Not urban exploring. I was there for hurricane relief. Oh, I was there for right, Hurricane right, Katrina. Right. And, you know, our, our work day ended... And they're just a bunch of abandoned, like, buildings mm-hmm. in New Orleans because... Oh, I mean, I, I didn't mean, yeah. like, that was why you were in New Orleans. I meant <laughs> at the time you were on the third story of an abandoned building, that's what you were doing, right? W- what was I doing? Urban exploring. Or urban exploring, <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess that's how you, how you describe it. Yeah, I was, like, I was, yeah, the, the main reason I was there, yeah, we were doing right. hurricane relief uh, post-Hurricane Katrina 2007. Yeah. Some of the other hurricane relief people like to go, like, explore, like, these... These abandoned buildings, right, right uh, that had just been completely like cleared out, you know. Yeah. So we we went into this factory one night, and, uh, and we climbed all the way up it, and we were we were 
walking through this walkway that did not have all of its floor. And, uh, and so, like, I was clutching the railing for safety. So much of that railing was made of rust that it crumbled in my hand and oh. I toppled to the right slightly uh, before... Uh, just getting on my knees and clutching to the walkway itself, God. and then crawling across the rest of the way. We we made it onto the rooftop after that, and then we climbed down a ladder, and that was all safe. Right. Um. But ever since then, for the rest of my life, I have been afraid of heights. <laughs> I, I was can't not. Believe you. I was not afraid of heights before that. Right. Or you wouldn't have been up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I am afraid of heights now. Yeah. And uh. And and yeah. That um. There, there is an alternate universe where that did not end as benignly for me. Right. So yeah, <laughs> uh, n- near death experience, Sean. Um. Yeah, I've got one. Oh, really? I, okay. Uh, cool. I've, I've got a couple of small ones actually. Okay. Cool. That aren't I, I was quite. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was worried that I'd be kind of putting you in a corner there. No. 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 Good. So this one is the closest that I've come to death, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I was five years old. My dad and I were in New York City, where we and my mom also all lived together. Yeah. We were going to the store, my dad and I, and I was following him. And I got distracted by something, looked ahead of myself. Suddenly, I didn't know where my dad was. Oh, no. Uh, This is, you know... The middle of Hell's Kitchen, when that was kind of a dangerous place to be. Uh, Daredevil right? era. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, before the gentrification really kicked itself into high gear. Right. And obviously it's New York, so nobody gives a shit that there's a five-year-old just standing by himself. <laughs> people were walking past me on this side. People were walking past me on the other side. Um, and I, uh, I don't think that I did this logically but i just stood stock still and waited for dad to come back <laughs> you know like i could have wandered off or done any of those shitty kid things uh-huh. but i just stood exactly right there i just kept looking in the direction where i had last seen dad and then i saw him like peek around a corner <laughs> smile relieved that he knew where i was and come and get me uh, my mom was furious with him when he told her this later. <laughs> but, yeah, so not quite a near-death experience as much as it is, like, you know, I don't know, I could have been snatched up or whatever, you Yeah, know? I could have been that, hit by a car. Yeah, that, that uh, could have ended in a kind of death. Yeah, yeah. near-death by proxy. Yes, yeah. Um, the other one is actually much more recent. When we were moving into our apartment in Chicago, <laughs> um, I, at one point, eager to go back down to our moving truck and get some more stuff tripped over my own feet and tumbled part of the way down the fire escape (laughs) uh and probably broke my ankle like i never got it checked out but after we after everybody kind of got me back upstairs (laughs) i like took off my sock and rolled up my pant leg and there was just a perfectly circular black and blue bruise that went all the way around my ankle and that's not normal um (laughs) But I guess that, you know, I would call that a near-death experience in the sense that if there had been a bit more force to my tumbling, I could easily have just gone right over the railing and splat. You oh, know? God, yeah. Um, so I feel very fortunate that I didn't do that. But those are my two quick near-death stories. <laughs> Me too. God, that would have been an awkward call to your mom. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we uh, right. uh, good news, we're all moved in. 
Bad. <laughs> I saw, somehow I don't think you would have handled it that yeah. way. But uh, <laughs> bad news, not. your son's dead. <laughs> no, I mean, it, you know, it was still kind of like, I still had to call her and be like, hey, I've been living on my own for approximately two hours, <laughs> and I've already injured myself very badly. <laughs> um, but, you know, my ankle's fine now, and uh, I'm, I'm living the dream. Nice. Living with me is a dream. Every day, because I wish I'd wake up. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's, that's I, I like though. living with Dale. Oh, I like living with Sean. Thanks. What's, what's your next Mitchy question pick? Uh, here's a fast one. My favorite season is also autumn. Uh, huh. So, good on you, Mitch. Good season choice. Out of the four seasons, I, I really like the temperature. Uh, I like that we get to start having fun foods on the reg, like uh, apple pie and cider and things like that. Yeah, you yeah. know, like it's kind of the season for delicious, hearty, sweet foods, and uh, I'm I'm down for that. Uh, we get Thanksgiving, which even though it's like a bullshit holiday, you still get to eat a lot of yeah. really good food. Mm. We get to Halloween, yeah. you know, uh, and that's pretty cool. Like Christmas is ultimately my favorite holiday. But autumn is far and away my favorite season. Uh, it's time of change. You've got the leaves falling, changing colors. Yeah. There's just a lot of cool stuff that happens in a relatively short period of time. Yeah. My favorite season is also autumn for nice. all of Sean's listed reasons. So I guess we can just just knock that off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think autumn is really cool. Good. Yeah. Good taste, Mitch. I also enjoy spring. Yes. Spring's good, too. Like really, just those those transitional right. those those transitional yeah. seasons are really nice. Summer and winter are too long. Yes, if, uh, if they could be if they could be shorter, you know, maybe too, too hot and too cold, respectively. Yeah, especially here in Chicago. Yeah. Okay, my last Mitchy question. I'm not going to pick game with the highest play time because it'd just be me talking about Yu Gi Oh Duel Links and you talking about Final Fantasy fourteen <laughs> yep, again. The, that's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> we do that so much. Because we play those games all the time. <laughs> uh, favorite food. Mm-hmm. Got a couple answers. Okay. First is deviled eggs. Yeah. Def- definitely my favorite snack of all time. They're great. Yeah, they're just fucking delicious. Yeah. Just like, I don't really get it because most of the ingredients separately, like, I'm not crazy about. <laughs> I'm, like, fine with, like, at most. But then just, like, you know, you got, like, just that, just the egg white as, like, a vessel for just, like, this really creamy, just fucking awesome tasting concoction sure yeah i was i I was thinking so much of them you do (laughs) i was thinking about that actually with regard to scrambled eggs the other day like in what other situation would i put eggs cheese and pepper together yeah not too many except maybe like a loaded baked potato but then the eggs wouldn't be on there yeah true. it's like none of those things i wouldn't combine any of those things together in like most other situations yeah i get that uh but anyway yeah it's deviled eggs fantastic yeah what what are your other answers uh my other answer is steak just like oh man yeah just like a good old steak dinner yeah i fucking i fucking love it like especially like when it's well seasoned and it's just medium rare and Mm -hmm. it's God, I love steak. It's so good. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'll I'll also do favorite meal and favorite snack. Nice. Favorite meal is like a really well done couple slices of New York style pizza. Mm. You know, if you can get 
Like there is a pizza restaurant here in Chicago called Jimmy's. Yeah. That does the best New York pizza that I've had outside of New York. My mouth is watering right now talking about <laughs> it. It's so fucking good. There was, uh, you know, like we, when Daniel and I and, and his girlfriend, Amy Lee, when we're like planning, we're going to eat for dinner. We like to kind of vary things up, right? Variety spice of life. We like to do something a little bit different each time. Yeah. So we together do not order as much pizza as I would singly. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there was a time a couple months ago, right before Christmas, when Daniel and Amy Lee went out of town. And I ordered Jimmy's pizza three times in the span of time that they were gone. And it was real great every time. Oh, man. I also cooked myself two steaks uh, because Amy Lee's not a huge fan of steak. Yeah. Um, um, she she likes it well done, yeah. but she also doesn't like eating it in public right. because people judge her for eating it well done. Which is like some horse shit. <laughs> like I, yeah. I'm a medium rare guy myself, but yeah. honestly, like just fucking enjoy your shit that you're eating. You yeah, know? like, like who yeah, cares? like yeah, like everyone has their preferences, and <laughs> unless those preferences involve like how another human being right, should yeah. live their life, then like, that then that preference if, should be respected. If Amy as long Lee... as it's not that. <laughs> If Amy Lee liked her steaks seasoned with the tears of tortured children, you know, <laughs> then we'd have to have a chat. Right. But having her steak well done is fine. Yeah, exactly. People suck. Yep. <laughs> my favorite snack, cheese generally is my favorite snack. <laughs> yeah, cheese is great. Oh, yes. Cheese, crackers, glass of wine, can't beat that. Mm. There is a particular kind of goat cheese that I like called Humboldt. There's a particular kind of goat cheese that I like called Humboldt Fog. Uh, oh, which is yeah. Just very kind of creamy and unctuous and great spread on bread or crackers. Yeah, yeah. Um, they There is a grocery store chain here called Mariano's that sells it in these like tiny little sliver sized packages <laughs> for like $10 a package. It's wickedly expensive cheese. Um, but if I feel like splurging and really indulging, that's what I go with. Yeah, Shauna has treated me to Humboldt Fog from time to time, and it really is just a tasty-as-hell cheese. Yeah. This is a bittersweet announcement, but I'm turning 30 this month <laughs> uh, in 29 days. And it's been kind of a tradition for the past couple of years for me to just go out and like splurge on a bunch of cheese at a, at a really great cheese shop uh, yeah. that we know in Chicago. Uh, for every birthday, and so I'm definitely picking up some fog on that day. Ooh, yeah. nice. Fog day. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Mitch, for your questions. Yes, thank you so much. Good questions, Mitch. Mitch sent us another mail that is completely unrelated to this one, and we might answer that one later in this episode if we have time. Okay. Here's an email from Vinny G. All right, Vinny G. Welcome back, Vinny G. Welcome back. Vinny says, There's a question that's been bumping around in my head since your discussion on why Kirby survived the Galeem Purge. Huh. Why does Mario hate Kirby? <laughs> does he? Think about it. <laughs> Mario hangs out with all kinds of other video game characters. Link, Inklings, Isabelle. Rabbids, etc. But Mario never hangs out with Kirby. 
Why? Why does Mario hate Kirby? Keep up the good work. Looking forward to the next app, Vinny G. Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> I think that here at the apartment, we have a dog named Ziggy. <laughs> Ziggy is a great dog. I love Ziggy. Love spending time with him. He likes to sit on my lap. Uh, but I would not describe the activities that I undertake with Ziggy as hanging out in the same way that I hang out with Daniel or Amelia or Tommy or Lonnie or my other friends. <laughs> so you're saying that Kirby's like a pet level interaction. I think that Kirby is of a level of intelligence that is somewhere between a well-trained but ultimately feral animal and a humanoid, you know, but not quite there. And so I think that Mario doesn't hang out with Kirby because I don't hang out with a dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are a limited number of interactions for Mario and Kirby to have that aren't on the level of, like, Mario throwing a Maxim tomato and Kirby fetching it. You know what I mean? Here's a counterpoint. Mario already hangs out with his dog. <laughs> Right, yeah, I guess that's Yoshi. <laughs> Yoshi is his dog, and he takes Yoshi to tennis every couple of years. Consider, however, that Yoshi may have actually been the first being in the Mario canon to lay eyes on Mario, aside from the stork that brought him from wherever he came from. True. Like, you know, Yoshi has been a formative and integral part of Mario's life. <laughs> Kirby isn't just a dog, he's a neighborhood dog. <laughs> so i i love that then mario is just the person who's like oh and luigi i bring him my dog to tennis look i put a little racket in his right. mouth it's, it's okay he saves me when i was a baby and now i take him everywhere come on mario this is embarrassing <laughs> fuck are you luigi i'm gonna take my dog to tennis mario's the kind of dog owner <laughs> Mario's the kind of dog owner who's like, oh, don't worry, he's totally safe, and he loves humans. And then Yoshi just, like, eats Mom. somebody. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's Turn. okay. It means he likes you. <laughs> when he turns you into an egg. <laughs> he's so cute, and when he puts on a little sweater, and I, I treat him better than I treat the most children, including myself as a child. What's that? Kirby, fuck you. <laughs> I hate pink dogs. Sometimes I see myself as a baby and I'm like, I don't have time to deal with this. But Yoshi, I'm <laughs> taking him to a tennis. <laughs> God damn, Mario. Anyway. Stone cold bastard. Here's my Mario Kirby theory. All right. His time of hating Kirby may be coming to a close. Oh. See, Kirby used to make him uncomfortable uh -huh. because Kirby has a tendency to suck people up and take their powers. Yeah. And Mario just could not like relate to that. Oh, I that see. That was that was strange to him. He's <laughs> like, You are other people, I'm not other people. I can't <laughs> I can't hang out with you, Kirby. No, it's other people, and I'm just a Mario. Uh, but then, the events of Super Mario Odyssey happened. I knew it. And through Cappy, Mario <laughs> had to experience the lives of everything from a Goomba to a T-Rex to uh, a, another Goomba. I don't know. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of different things that Mario had to be. Yes. He had to he had to 
go inside them and steal their abilities. Right. And suddenly he gets it. He understands Kirby on a more fundamental level. And and next time they meet, he may invite Kirby to go go-karting or something. I like my idea better. And then you can hang out with my dog. <laughs> Because I think you two have a lot in common. You both make a weird noises, and you, and uh, and you put things in your mouths. Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vinny, for your question. It was really good. Yeah, great question. <laughs> All right, here's a threefer. All right, from Deku Star on Twitter. Deku Star says. Mm-hmm. Do you think Monokuma has a chance to be in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? Let me stop you there. I'm going to count to three, but then we'll both answer this question at the same time. One, two, three. No! <laughs> I said it as Monokuma. I just said it. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> You're rude to stop Deku Star right there, because he, the, full, the full question is, do you think Monokuma has a chance to be in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? He's one of my predictions. Sorry, Deku Star. <laughs> But that does not change my answer. <laughs> uh, no, I just think he's a little too niche, a little too controversial. I don't think it's happening. Overall, I do agree with that. I I think that he's he that he'd be fun. I think there's stuff you could do with him. Yes. Uh, but I don't think he's even the most likely Danganronpa character to be playable. Right. Uh, and I don't think we're getting any Danganronpa characters as playable. No. Uh, Deku Star goes on. Who's best girl in Danganronpa? And finally, which Street Fighter character would you want in Smash? Yes, the third one. Hmm. So, who's best girl in Nangamrapa? Well, that's an easy one for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah, I, I know what your answer is going to be. Yeah, it's Heioka Sayanji from, <laughs> uh, from Nangamrapa 2. Which is funny, she's such a divisive character. Yeah. Either you love her or you hate her. I think she's hilarious and great. She's a high schooler like all the other characters, but she looks like a nine-year-old girl. Yes, and, and to be clear, I do want to say that when I say best girl, I'm talking about, like, girl who is best. There is no attraction implied or yeah. should be inferred when I'm making the selection, just to be totally clear. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's really clear to me, but it's good to, to right. clarify there yeah. for anyone that doesn't know us quite as well. <laughs> right. um, yeah, she, <laughs> she's just an absolute terror. She's yeah. just a monster she's, to everyone she talks to. She's the ultimate traditional dancer. Yeah. And she is just, like, kind of smug and superior and a bully. And uh, I just think that, like, all of her sprite work is fantastic. Yeah, she's just got all these great, like, smug facial expressions. And she just makes every scene that she's in absolutely hysterical. Like, I won't go into my favorite Hyoko Sayanji moment because it spoils something pretty serious in the game. Right. But there is a moment where, in a misguided attempt <laughs> to do something that is really kind of sincere and meaningful, <laughs> she just makes this kind of horrifying thing instead <laughs> that is so funny um and like i loved her to begin with but that was the moment where i was like oh my god this is my favorite character <laughs> in the entire negative franchise yeah uh, god she's she's fantastic she's just really great one, one of my favorite sean francis quotes off the air is something along the lines of hioka sayanji is the reason why i know i can't have kids <laughs> Because my kid would turn out to be like her, and I'd just enable it. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like, 
Well, Sean, uh, today, you know, your your daughter uh, punched somebody in the face in gym class and then laughed at them and stepped on them as she walked out of the <laughs> locker room. And I was like, oh. So, yeah, no way. Absolutely no way that can happen. <laughs> I can't unleash that on society. My My best girl is far less controversial and probably even what some people would call a basic pick mm-hmm. but i think my my gut choice is uh chiaki nanami yeah that's a good one yeah like uh she's the ultimate gamer and she's just got a really great aesthetic and she's just adorable as hell she's just kind of like aloof and sleepy and really like socially inept yeah. but she's also got like a huge heart and like a, a really endearing genuineness to her when you get to know her better yes and she's another character that that reminds me very much of my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> so, like, yeah, she's she's really great. She's maybe not the most shocking Danganronpa best girl pick, but she is mine. That's fair. She's a great character. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love her. She's awesome. Finally, Sean, which Street Fighter character besides Ryu and Ken would you <laughs> want in Smash? Uh, this is a great question. If Little Mac weren't already in the game, I would say Dudley, because I like him a lot. That's really good. Yeah, but since Little Mac is in the game, um, I'm going to... I'm going to go with a more modern pick, and I'm going to say that I think it'd be really fun if Fong were in the game. Ooh, that would be really fun. Uh, He's a new character in Street Fighter V that just has a very kind of, like, goofy aesthetic. Yeah. And a very cool moveset where he flings poison around. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that uh, it would be very easy to translate his moveset into a Smash moveset. I think so, too, yeah. Uh, And that he would kind of fill out another kind of, like, wacky zoner niche. Uh, in a game that is often so dominated by like sword fighters and melee characters, I think that'd be really neat. Cool. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, my heart <laughs> is saying Dan Hibiki. Yeah, as, uh, as you would expect. But he'd just be another Ryu Echo, right? Uh, so in terms of adding a more interesting move set to the game, I might say my current main in Street Fighter Five, ah, Birdie. That's a good one. Uh, because yeah, he's he's just got like a great kit. And it would translate to Smash surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. The only thing you'd really be missing is uh, is like an up B, hmm. but uh, but maybe he could just like twirl his chain around like a like a fucking <laughs> helicopter and like slowly ascend that way. That's like true. his recovery isn't great, but he's just got like those great like mid range grabs and uh, and he eats food and he gets mad and yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Deku Star. Good triad of questions. Yes. Good triangle of questions, if you will. I won't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Quinn R. says, Hello, Daniel and Sean. Hello, Quinn R. Seeing as how on your last Smash Bros. specific episode, you proposed the idea of changing the podcast into a fighting game idea podcast. I was wondering what each of your ideal fighting games are, Ah. and who a few characters in them would be. Okay. Keep up the great work. I can't wait to hear your reactions to the final DLC announcements. Best wishes, Quinn R. Cool. Thanks, Quinn. Thanks, Quinn. Great question. Yes. Uh, As you can see, we're we're answering a lot of questions, and they're all running kind of long, so I don't know if we'll be able to answer this question to the full degree that we'd like to. But we can certainly try to to answer it in a quickish way. We can do that. 
Do you have an answer right away? Yeah, good question, because I had an idea for a fighting game several <laughs> years ago. Yeah, you and did. And I wound up making an extraordinarily detailed design doc for it with Daniel's help. Yeah, that's um, right. We did work on that together. The prototypical name for it was Four Button Fighter, because <laughs> the idea for it was going to be that uh, there would be a special move mapped to each face button of a standard kind of like four face button controller. Yeah. Uh, so there wouldn't be any normals, and the idea would be that you'd have to kind of do combos and juggles by using the special moves in very creative ways. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go into any of my characters in any level of depth, <laughs> but I had kind of like a standard Shoto that had like a fireball and a flying kick and uppercut and a counter. And yeah, and like each, each of those was one of the buttons. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I had a grappler that had like a ground throw, an air throw, an armor mechanic, and like a charge move or something like that. Yeah. Um, I had a really cool character I came up with where they used one of their buttons to switch between a bunch of different weapons, <laughs> and then their special, their other special moves would change based on the weapon they had equipped. Yeah, like um, basically, the the more characters we made, the more like, complicated, the more complicated we yeah. got. Like. I, I made, like, kind of a stance character where <laughs> it was kind of a Jekyll and Hyde character. Right. Like, his, like his, <laughs> in his Jekyll form, three of his buttons were, like, potions he could drink. Uh -huh. And then the fourth button would transform him into, like, kind of a Hyde character. But he was, like, this big ogre named Trog Chalk. Yeah. And then, like, the three buttons would change into different moves depending on what potions mm -hmm. uh, the Jekyll version drank. God, that was a great character, and that was that was so much fun to just conceptualize. Oh yeah, we got really into it over a long period of time. And if I were to revisit it now, I think I would probably make some tweaks to it. Yeah, like have have normals somehow. Yeah. Like yeah. my my instinct would be, you know, to do like two buttons are kind of normal buttons, like a light and a heavy. Yeah, uh, and then two buttons are special moves, and maybe like directional, kind of like in Smash, like depending on what you're doing, uh -huh. you know, it's you get a different thing. But yeah, I think that uh, to kind of pull back and to answer the question in a more broad sense, my ideal fighting game is a game that makes fighting games that that kind of, and that isn't to, this isn't to say that like high-skill, high-execution fighting games can't or shouldn't exist. Right. But I would love for there to be a game where it's less about, like, can I do this input? Can I do this series of button presses to do this combo? And more about, like, okay, this is how I play the game. It's super easy to pick up, and now I can just go. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because I think that part, a big part, of the fact that fighting games are not as popular and as accessible a genre as other genres is that if you want to truly be good at a fighting game, you're going to, at some point be looking at a spreadsheet full of like frame data. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that it would be neat to take some of that out of the equation and to just make it so that it's easier to kind of just go without feeling like a scrub, you know? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm in the same boat. My ideal fighting game is one that is like accessible, right? Like, like, you know, like, my friend Max can do all the moves without getting frustrated. <laughs> yeah. And that the challenge would not be in executing the moves, but in being creative enough to use them in the correct situation. Exactly. Yeah. Also, my ideal fighting game is any fighting game where you can mash the A button to do, like, a basic combo yeah. that ends with a super. Ev like, ev every, like, 
the Persona 4 Arena series, uh-huh. Undernight Imbirth. Uh, I think Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle also does it. Like any fighting game that has that mechanic, yeah, the auto combo. Bless those <laughs> games because they're a great way to get started, mm-hmm. and they're never like the most optimal thing to do. But like they they have you feeling quasi competent, yeah, from like the first time you play it, and I think it's a great mechanic. And like every now and again in a tournament, you'll hear the announcer go like, "Oh wow, he just got auto comboed," you know? Yeah. Like every now and again, it shows up. So so it it's uh. It's a great system and should absolutely be in more fighting games. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Yeah. <laughs> great question, Quinn. Yes, thank you, Quinn. Yeah, we we love like fear fearing out fighting games. Like there are so many times we're just like sitting on the couch and it's like, okay, Kingdom Hearts fighting game. <laughs> which characters? What kind of movesets do they have? Right. Oh man, we we theory crafted like like what if a sonic the hedgehog fighting game was designed Actually by good. was yeah was designed by arc system works yeah like what like let's come up with a 20 character roster uh-huh. and uh and like figure out which archetype that roster is so man like after we came up with that like i actually really want like a good sonic the hedgehog fighting game it would be that's, great that's like 2d i would main big the cat and his fishing <laughs> pull combos would make people break their controllers yeah yeah i could see it yeah I would main Dr. Robotnik just out of sheer allegiance. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Quinn. Great question. Yes, thanks, Quinn. Here's an email from Setgo. Okay. Setgo says, Nintendo made Kirby a square for April Fool's Day. Please discuss your thoughts on this development. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, it's cute. It's, it's like it's, a little ice cube. Yeah, uh, he's, he's funny. I, it was a good April Fool's joke. I liked it. Uh-huh. Wouldn't <laughs> want it to be permanent. Yeah. <laughs> A- Amy uh, saw the square Kirby, and she was like, "Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> that does not look right." And I wanted to go back, okay. <laughs> but well, I, I, she's wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I, I think square Kirby's fine. Yeah. I think he's funny. Same. Thank you, Setgo. Yes. Thank you for giving us the short one. Yep. Okay, we're close enough to the end that I think we'll take this other one from Mitchie. Okay. Mitchie says also. <laughs> Who do you think was the worst choice for Smash? Piranha Plant. Will you let me finish these? Keep going. (laughs) For me, it was Incineroar, as Sun and Moon were on their way out, and it wasn't that hype-inducing. And then they wouldn't have gotten slack for putting in a Gen 8 rep for DLC. Hmm. Echoes and clones don't count, though, because they reuse assets. Okay. Piranha Plant! <laughs> oh, gee, I was really in suspense for your answer now that I've read the whole thing. Piranha Plant! <laughs> I don't like Piranha Plant. I know. I think we all know at this point. It's a stupid addition, and also it's bad. And its moves are bad. <laughs> its moves are actually good, but frustrating to pull off. Yeah, and, it's uh, it very feels like a, like a very technical and like hard-to-pick-up, hard-to-master character this fucking waltzes into smash like hey guys i'm stupid and i'm complicated (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway i don't know who's your who's your uh least favorite smash inclusion um my least favorite smash inclusion is not because i think they're a bad pick Mm -hmm. but because i think their inclusion uh leaves a lot to be desired because of the company involved okay and that is Cloud from, uh, yes. from Final Fantasy VII. I just really hate that Final Fantasy has one of the best soundtracks of all time, 
and we get two straight rips uh-huh. from Final Fantasy VII as the entire soundtrack representation. I got you there of Final Fantasy, and and spirits were such a cool way to have a lot of different representation from each franchise. Mm-hmm. Cloud's franchise has two spirits, right? Cloud and cloud (laughs) and like that's just that's just so frustrating that like that square could not give them another inch cloud's moveset one of the coolest in the game i'll also say that i think midgar is probably one of my top three stages yeah midgar also one of the coolest stages in the game but just like it it barely feels like it fits because it barely feels like it fits in smash because Square barely lets them put anything in Smash. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> you you see so many instances where all these guest franchises have like this amount of stuff. Final Fantasy has one to zero of that stuff. Right. That like, I'm actually amazed that Cloud got a stage in retrospect. And yeah, it's just really disappointing to me. Guest character representation in Smash Bros. is so amazing and so fun, mm-hmm. especially when they go all in. And Cloud's inclusion is so the opposite of all in <laughs> that sometimes I wish they didn't bother. Like, which I know is irrational because Cloud is a fun character and his stage is great. Yeah. But I think all the other characters in the game are really fun and have the correct amount of representation, mm-hmm. including Piranha Plant. So that's 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 where I'm at. Piranha plant. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Anyway, thanks, Mitchie, again. (laughs) Thanks again, Mitch. (laughs) Boy, we we got a lot of we got a lot of these. Thanks everyone for sending all these in. Yes, thank you very much. We appreciate it. (laughs) Anthony S back at it again. Anthony S says, Hey guys, here's a couple questions for your QA episode. Okay. One Do you guys still believe Animal Crossing is coming out in 2019? Yeah, sure. I find it strange that there's been no news for it. Stop (laughs) answering these immediately. Let them ask the question. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it strange that there's been no news for it. If so, what are your predictions for a couple of new features? Ah. I, for one, think they will use the Switch's capabilities to make your town much bigger and more customizable than before. I think that's a solid bet. Yeah, I uh, I do think that Animal Crossing is still coming out in 2019. Yes. We got a long lot of 2019 left for yeah. it to come out, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident it'll still come out probably closer to the holidays sure. than not. Definitely like that fall area. Yeah. And uh, let, let's, let's say one new feature each. Okay. Go ahead. A new feature I'd like... It isn't really a new feature and just... I, I've, I've said this before. Mm-hmm. This isn't really a new feature and just a return of something that I liked about older versions of the right. game. And that's just the return of more unique dialogue. Okay. And, uh, and more unique conversations that you can have with various villagers. Like in Animal Crossing Wild World, some of these characters had entire story arcs that you could just explore over the course of a real-time month. <laughs> and, uh, and later iterations of the game... Don't really do that quite as much. Right. And I really miss that. So bring bring that back. You've been working on the game long enough. You've had time to put in story arcs. Okay. So at this point, you know, you can collect bugs, you can collect fish, you can collect fruits. 
There's a lot of different categories of things, fossils, that you can kind of collect in the Animal Crossing world. Mm -hmm. I want there to be another one that gets added. And in particular, I want it to be like artifacts. Ooh. Like I want you to be able to kind of dig up ancient artifacts from long lost Animal Crossing civilizations. Ooh. Um, and maybe have those in the museum along with the fossils oh. and kind of animal specimens. Ooh, that's neat. Yeah. I'm thinking I... you could like find pieces and then like the Rosetta Stone almost kind of like put them together. Uh huh. Yeah. I I love things that could potentially add new Animal Crossing lore. Exactly. So I'm all in for that idea. Great idea. Thank you. Uh, and the second question, two, what month would you guys predict a release date for Link's Awakening? Do you think that this opens up a door for remakes of Oracle of Seasons or Oracle of Ages? Ooh. As for what, well, why don't you take the lead on what month Link's Awakening is coming out? Because you'll have a better guess than me. Yeah, I think, like, so I think your prediction about Luigi's Mansion 3 coming out in October uh -huh. is on the money. So I'd say Link's Awakening is going to be a September, maybe October release. Okay. Yeah, because November's going to have Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh -huh. and I think one big Nintendo game that we don't know exists yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think there's something bigger than Link's Awakening that we don't know about yet, and that's going to be a November release. All right. Alternately, Animal Crossing is November, because Link's Awakening isn't. I see. Yeah. What, what do you think about all that? I th That sounds good to me. I'm yeah. just going to hop on there like a like a little caddy. <laughs> Stop right on that prediction. As far as opening the door for remakes of Seasons and Ages, that's a really interesting question. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I'm thinking no, but I would love that. I loved Oracle of Seasons. Yeah. I would love to play that maybe in the Link's Awakening remake engine, you know? Yeah. I wonder if there's a complication there because the original versions were initially developed by Capcom. Right. You know? Yeah, I was thinking about that. So yeah, I, I, I do wonder... It'd be cool, though. Yeah. I could see it happening in the Switch's lifetime, but yeah, somehow kind of leaning towards no. Yeah, same. It, they are <laughs> they are some of the only remaining Zelda games that haven't gotten remade yet. Weird. So, so maybe. Okay. I, I think I'll just say maybe. If I'm forced to make a straight prediction there, I'll say no. But, yeah, same. But I, I think maybe is, is the correct answer. Three. What are some N64 slash GameCube slash Wii games you guys would like to see remastered on Switch. Hmm. I read a rumor online about Banjo and Kazooie being remastered for Xbox One and Switch, but I'll hold my breath for that coming true. Okay. I really would like to see remastered versions of Mario Sunshine, Star Fox Adventures, even though I'm one of the only three people who enjoyed it, <laughs> and eventually I'd like to see Skyward Sword brought to the Switch. Thanks, guys. Anthony S. Thank you, Anthony S. Thank you, Anthony. Um, yeah. So, I think those are good picks, first of all. Yes. I, I think Skyward Sword especially would be a great Switch remake. One that has optional motion controls instead of mandatory ones. <laughs> yeah. I really want a Chibi Robo remaster for the Switch so that I can reasonably recommend it to people and maybe see people besides me play that game. Okay. It'd be cool to see the No More Heroes games ah. remastered for the Switch. Because I'm not sure if they're still any good, <laughs> but the Wii copies are kind of hard to come by these days. That's fair. So I don't want to, like, I don't want to spend $80 to get a used copy of No More Heroes 1, because if it turns out I no longer like Travis Touchdown as a character, I don't want to have spent that much money on fair. it. Also, remakes of 
Fire Emblem Path of Radiance uh-huh. and Radiant Dawn. Yeah. So I can finally play both of them. Though, though that's good. That yeah. That is good. Uh, they could even do like a two for one. You know what I mean? Like two games in one kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Yeah. I, I don't see them decreasing the amount of total money they can make in that way. Do it, Nintendo. But uh, yeah, I would like that. I would yeah. like that. What about what about you? So this one is kind of coming out of left field, but I would love for them to re-release with a nice graphical up-res uh, Trauma Center, Ooh. which was initially a uh, DS game called Trauma Center Under the Knife, mm-hmm. but it essentially got remade for the Wii uh-huh. uh, and used kind of like uh, point-and-click controls yeah, yeah. with the... Uh, with the uh, Wiimote, I think that that would be a great fit for the Nintendo Switch. It would. Because you could just use the Nintendo Switch's touchscreen if you're playing it, you know... In uh, handheld. In handheld mode. But also the Joy-Cons. Exactly. I love that idea. What I would want is a remake of Trauma Team for the Wii. As far as I'm concerned, put them all on there. (laughs) (laughs) Those games are great. Man, if you guys haven't played the Trauma Center slash Trauma Team game, uh, really, really cool, I guess, puzzle game would be the best way to put it, probably. Yeah, yeah that involve you, like, doing surgery on patients and stuff. Yeah. And uh, but, you, with, but with some anime I was going to say, because it's a fucking anime-ass game, you can, like, slow down time and do super fast surgery. Yeah. And uh, it's just wacky and really, really fun. Yeah, I... I appreciate the Trauma Center franchise. I could never really keep my attention focused on the Trauma Center games. Mm-hmm. Trauma Team, however, has so many different, like, just crazy kinds of gameplay. Yeah. Because you you play through the stories of, like, five different professions in the medical field, and they all have different gameplay. Like, you have your surgeon that's doing surgery stuff, but you also have, like your coroner that's uh-huh. like that's like looking at dead bodies and like kind of finding out how they died like phoenix wright style or i really liked the diagnostician yes who has to kind of like examine the patient with really strange symptoms and figure out what disease they have that yes was cool. yes yes yeah trauma trauma team is just an incredibly unique and cool game yeah but trauma center is is cool and connected to that yeah, I, I would say that Trauma Center, it feels much more arcadey almost. Yeah. Like, uh, I got so into that game that after I beat it, I wanted to go back and, like, triple S or whatever, you know, every <laughs> mission. And I did a fair few of them, but not anywhere close to all of them. Yeah, and I will say that Trauma Center, I think, is much more likely to ever get a remaster than Trauma Team is. Yeah. Trauma Team is a niche within a niche, <laughs> yeah. and we will never see that game again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a shame. It is. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, great questions. Yes, indeed. Here's a question on Twitter from It's a Bug Hunt Man. All right. Hey, It's a Bug Hunt Man. We haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, welcome back to asking questions. <laughs> it's a Bug Hunt Man says, cue for next episode. Though not confirmed, we can assume Super Mario Maker 2 will include mystery mushroom costumes like the original. Most previous costumes and costumes of all new Amiibo released since Mario Maker 1, will probably be included. What additional costumes do you guys predict slash hope to see? Hmm. I want more weird throwbacks like Eggplant Man, Captain (laughs) Rainbow, or Doshin the Giant. Okay. That's a great question. Thank you, It's a Bug Hunt Man. Yes. Now, before we get into it, I will remind Sean 
that <laughs> in the previous Super Mario Maker game, there have already been Mario costumes such as a Wii Fit balance board, <laughs> Nikki from Swap Note, okay. a Mahjong tile, good, and uh, the pro t- the host of Game Center CX. <laughs> And a feline from Monster Hunter, and uh, and a Mercedes Benz, and Professor E. Gad. So, with all that in mind, <laughs> what would be your top uh, Mario Maker's secret mushroom costume? Hmm, Chibi Robo is already in there, also. Okay. So I can't just say Chibi Robo. <laughs> and he's right. Like, if the character's been represented by an amiibo, they're probably going to be a Mario costume that you can unlock. By putting the right. amiibo in there. Okay. Um, so, like, saying Ridley would be easy. So, instead, one of my favorite sort of niche Mario characters mm-hmm. is Tatanga from right. Super Mario Land and Super Mario Land 2. He does not have a Mario Maker costume. Okay. So, he'd be cool. Also, 9 Volt from WarioWare would be cool. Nice. Good calls. Yeah. What about you? A single Tetramino from Tetris. Ooh. Specifically the one that's three blocks tall and then one block across. You know, like kind of the L shape? Uh-huh. That one. Uh, I would I would have it so that as it moves and, like, crouches and jumps, uh-huh. it turns into different oh, blocks. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. 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 Our powers combined, we've come up with the ultimate secret super mushroom bonanza costume. <laughs> you got any other ones? Uh no. Nope, that's my guy. <laughs> got Individual it. Individual Tetramino. <laughs> Great, good. Thank you. Yeah, there's there are so many like Yeah, like there's a lot, I mean obviously because they've done such wacky things. Yeah. There's a lot you could do. Yeah, and there's a lot that has been done. Right. Like, just, they've, they've filled so many crazy niches already that you'd never expect. So, uh-huh. so yeah. Shigeru Miyamoto's head with a pair of arms and legs attached to it. Actually, uh, Dr. Kawashima from Brain Age, <laughs> his head is already an unlockable character. Oh, okay. Yeah. I arrest my case. <laughs> <laughs> no arms or legs, even. Just his head. Thank you, it's a bug hunt man. For yes. returning and asking us that question, I think that's a really cool one. Yeah. Finally, Leo, on our Smashing Theory slash Beep Boop Group Discord channel, Ooh. which you can access. How do you access that, Daniel? <laughs> by backing us on Patreon if you're at the $5 level or more. Fuck, it's so easy. <laughs> anyway yeah if you feel like supporting us you get access to our discord channel we we have some we have some of our fans in there just having really fun wacky conversations and asking questions like fat pikachu or skinny pikachu and why so i will say that when i think of pikachu i think of skinny pikachu yeah i think because of my exposure to the anime you know what i mean yeah Although but he I, was he was Fat Pikachu at the start of the anime too, right? Yeah, even so, I feel as though like you know, Skinny Pikachu has been the norm for a long time. Fat Pikachu has been kind of the outlier. Yeah, but I do like both of them. I like both of them too. Yeah. I think they're both good. I would lean 
towards Fat Pikachu. Okay. There's something about Fat Pikachu that's just like cuter. You know, he's just <laughs> like this chunky little boy, just uh-huh. like just this chunky little yellow fella. Like he's skinny Pikachu's like built to be a mascot. You right. know, like he's like he. He's great, but he also has kind of this I've been manufactured to be adorable look to him. <laughs> and Pikachu's just like this fucking shitty little dog that you just <laughs> fed too much and he's just like electrocuting your carpet and like the like like Pikachu used to have kind of this like mischievous angle to him, you know, just uh-huh. kind of this this stubborn like little like oh you you little scamp, you little electric scamp and like I still have kind of attachment to that era of Pikachu. And also like I thought his Smash model looked better when he was when he was chunky. See to me, um even though I do think that it's fine for both fat Pikachu and skinny Pikachu to exist and coexist. Sure. There is an extent to which I feel as though Fat Pikachu to me is almost like the, the Philips CDI version of Pikachu. You know, <laughs> like just looking at it, you're like, hmm, they didn't draw that correctly. That's <laughs> not what Pikachu's supposed to look like because of how frequently I've been exposed to skinny Pikachu. So I've got to barely give the edge to skinny Pikachu on my personal preference. I, I guess it is kind of hard to imagine Pikachu like running around agilely on all fours, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. I'm going to use quick attack. <laughs> You're go. so fucking mean to Fat Pikachu. <laughs> I love Fat Pikachu. <laughs> Is he okay? He's, he's, he fell over. A little clumsy. Are you gonna pick him up? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Leo, for you. what was our last question. And thank you, everyone, Yes, for God, all those questions. That was... That was way more than we expected, but we went and answered pretty much all of them. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for your excellent questions. Yes. Um, This was a lot of fun. It was. I enjoyed myself. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe we'll do this again in another year. Yeah. In the meantime, we actually do do a lot of, uh, not not funny, I'm, I'm turning 32 this month. <laughs> I said doo-doo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, we uh we do a lot of uh listener uh interactions both on this podcast and on our Patreon exclusive podcast yeah. on patreon.com slash beep group where you can catch all sorts of stuff ranging from our exclusive podcast to stuff like bonus content and uh us thanking you at the end of all of our podcast episodes. Uh if you think it would be fun to support us, then check us out. Patreon.com Slash beep boop group. Yeah, just type that in your URL bar, hit the enter button, you're right there. You can support the pod. You can support us and our bohemian lifestyles. Enjoy that shit. Next time on A Smashing Theory. Yeah. I'm pretty sure within the next two weeks we will either A, know about an upcoming Nintendo Direct, or B, have Joker on our Switch. In either case, we'll have something to talk about. Yes, we'll have something to talk about there, so just send us really whatever you want. And uh, <laughs> and and if you want to know exactly what our next episode is going to be about, uh, we always put that on our Twitter before, the, before we record the episode. So be sure to follow us at A Smashing Theory on Twitter, and sometimes we even do giveaways. Yeah. So, we will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks for 
the past year. Hope to see you in the next year. And for the next year, and for many, many years to come after that, I hope that you have and continue to have a smashing time. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Special thanks. Special thanks. Special thanks to Lonald. Thank you very much, Lonald. Lonald offered to give me one of those free Nintendo online subscriptions <laughs> uh, just today. He is a sweetheart at all times. He also was one of the guests at our live show that we did recently, so thank you for coming out and supporting us. Yeah. Special thanks to Nymph. Thank you, Nymph. Yeah, Nymph started listening to a Smashing Theory recently. Like, he was listening to our other podcasts before, but he told me uh, that he's really been enjoying Smashing Theory right. and commenting on some of our episodes, so thanks, Nymph. Thank you, Nymph. Special thanks to my girlfriend, Amy Lee. Yes. In thanks a for making dinner. Tonight. No, 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 <laughs> oh. no, 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 no. In a break from talking about the delicious dinner that she made us tonight. <laughs> Still got that in there, I see. Uh-huh. I'm instead going to mention that she assisted daniel and i more than assisted she was a co-equal partner uh <laughs> in our cleaning of the house this past weekend yeah she did our the li- apartment she did the living room and she did a real great job yeah an incredible job decluttering the living room so thank you amy lee for that thank you babe for me not suffocating on the couch that i'm recording on yeah right now no I, couch suffocating i would have died otherwise and special thanks <laughs> To our new special thanks patron, Leo. Leo! Thanks, Leo. Yeah. Leo, uh, for in this month of April, brought us over our very first milestone. Uh, thanks to him, we're going to be uploading some new exclusive content onto our Patreon sometime this month. And actually... Around the time this episode goes up, our patrons will be able to vote on exactly what that content is going to be. Nice. So, thank you so much, Leo. Yes. And uh, thanks to all of our special thanks patrons. You, too, can be a special thanks patron at the $20 level or higher. Absolutely. Patreon.com slash group. Thanks to our patrons. Woo! Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>